0: Church but not in the presence. Are we all right this morning? And so we need to be people who are in God's presence so that we can extend the very thing that we're really in. Are we? Are we okay? That God may have called you to be a preacher or whatever you may be called to be, but you're serving at the door. Woohoo! serving at the door. Yeah, let's go. Door people. Yeah. The door isn't less than its' purpose because you're wanting to de- declare God's presence at the door. See, when we're purpose-driven, everything matters. And that's why we believe that every part in, in, in the local church, from kids to, to the servant at the door, to serving at the car park, to preaching, to the worship, to the media, to the photography, to all that stuff, all those things matter because everything can um, extends God's presence in some way. Man, sometimes people get more encountered by the fellowship afterwards after service than through the sermon. I'm okay with that because God's met you there. It's fine. Are we be all right. Um, and so this is week two of our Back to Basics series. Say so week two. Oh man, that was poor. Say week two. Cool. Um, and so week two. Today, it's going to be something so simple, but something so powerful. And it's called Jesus. Can we say that together? One, two, three. Jesus. So today... All I'm going to be talking about is Jesus. You might be going, oh, I know Jesus. I know Jesus. I've got a relationship with Jesus. But sometimes we miss the little things in our relationship with Jesus. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about him. You know, the guy who died on the cross for you and I, you know, the guy who took on all the flaws of all humanity so that we wouldn't have to pay the price. He basically gave a blank check to the enemy and say all the debt is paid from present past and future do you realize that that he that christ when he died he gave a blank check saying he'll he'll cover everything if you just come to him i I can just leave it there and that's finished that's the gospel right there there's a blank check that heaven paid for so that you and i can enter into his presence oh man a blank check well oh, if i give you a blank check of and it has infinite money wouldn't you be happy <laughs> see we will be more happy when it comes to a blank check in the real world but you forget there's a blank check in heaven waiting to sign when you're like god i just come to you forgive me for what i've done wrong signed deal boom it's a blank check we're all right so we're going to be talking about Jesus, the one who left heaven to be among his creation, to live and outward grace and love, so that we might have a relationship with him. Jesus took the time to leave heaven, to come to earth, to have a relationship with his people again. Are we, this might sound simple, but come on, uh, like if we're not living this, then we're not living it at all. So the one of the most vital things, like I don't have actual points for this morning. I'm just going to talk to us and uh, and just say amen hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus and write down some notes, okay? Um and so one of the most vital things that we need to understand about Jesus is this. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Yeah, that's saying it sounds so simple, but we live like Jesus is not God. Are we right this morning? To this very day, there are many arguments in the Christian circle that says Jesus is not God. Are we right? So I want to show and help you discover that Jesus is God. And, and there's this moment where Christ has this conversation. And he asks his disciples a question in the gospel about himself. And it's Matthew 16. It says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do, who do men say I, that I Son of Man am. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, others say you're a prophet. This still happens today. But we call him something else. People call it something else. Like they place something else that you know of, like that's what they call him, Jesus. But he said to them, Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living who? God. And Jesus answered and said to them, Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven revealed it to you. See, Peter gets a revelation in this moment that Jesus is the son of the of the living God. And I I just want us to like capture that in that moment. He's the son of the living God. And I want us to discover together Jesus. So let's go to Genesis one. Are we right this morning? So let's look at creation and how does Jesus take a part at creation? So Genesis 1, verses 1 to 3, says this. In the beginning, who? Okay, let's say this again. In the beginning. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void and the darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Like off note, The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You know the word Trinity, um, the Godhead? Have you heard that term, the Trinity, the Godhead? Um, I discovered this week from an amazing teacher of the Word of God from the conference that the Trinity or the Godhead, the original name in Hebrew was divine dancing. They know it as the Trinity, what we call the Trinity, because that's, we had to put a name to something. The Trinity was actually called divine dancing. And the Spirit of God was hovering, and the word hovering means dancing. Ooh. The Spirit of God was dancing over the waters. That's a side note, just just write it down. Okay, so in the beginning, God. Who was in the beginning? God was. Now let's jump to John chapter one. In the beginning. So John chapter one, verses one to five, and we're gonna skip up to 14, so we can then just, like, I encourage you to read this word yourself, chapter one, the whole thing, okay? Um, So now we're gonna jump to John chapter one. In the beginning was the what? Word. Word. And the word was with? And the word was? He was in the beginning with? God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. Oh, nothing, wait, yeah, that was made. In him was life and life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Now skip down to verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten father full of grace and truth. So in the beginning, who created in Genesis 1? God created in Genesis 1. But in the beginning in John 1 says, was the Word and the Word was God. Then in verse 14, it says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who is he referring to? Jesus. But who was at the beginning? The Word. See, that before Jesus' name was Jesus on earth, his name was the Word. Are we all right this morning? So Jesus, well, wasn't his name at the beginning of time. His name was the Word. But the Word then became flesh and dwelt among us and was named Jesus. Jesus is God. But we don't live like Jesus is God. We live like he's a sacrificial thing that dies on the cross. His signs our check that make sure that we are forgiven and that's it. But Jesus is more than that. He is God in the flesh who's seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting for the coming of the day where he's going to collect his bride again. Are we all right this morning? Yes. So who was, in the, who was the word John is referring to? Jesus. Who was at creation? God. So is Jesus God? Yes. So if Jesus is God, then we should be living like Jesus is God. You might think, oh, well, what do you mean by that? We don't live like Jesus is God. We don't live like he's the King of kings and Lord of lords of all things, that everything was created for him and through him. Are we right? Okay, yeah, okay, so are you talking to myself? So Jesus is not a, uh, like a word that we throw around. You know, when um, I hear it, like I always go back to builders because I hear it all the time with builders. <laughs> when, I, when I used to work for Bunnings, when they hit their thumb, Jesus. Not that type of Jesus. You know, like when, when someone cuts you off the light and you're like, I don't want to say it, eh? But you know, like the word Jesus, not that word that we throw around. But Jesus, who was the word, was at the beginning of the creation. He came in flesh and dwelt among us. And if we believe in Jesus and receive him as Lord and King of our lives, he then now lives in us. Um, this guy, Shane Willard, amazing dude. He, he broke down the gospels in five words. He's like, God started up because, because Abraham knew, knew God up there. And then from up, God came to a tent. Then from the tent, God came to the temple. From the temple, God became flesh. And then from flesh, God came in us. And so in us, in Galatians 2.20 says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in who? Me. So no longer, he's not on the earth anymore as such, but now he's in you. The God of all creation, the one that was at the beginning of time. The one who came in flesh, who dwelt among his people. Yeah. Now he was seated with the Father, but now he also lives in us for those who receive him. Yeah. Christ lives in me. And everyone has an opportunity to have Jesus in their life. Yeah. You know, for anyone in the here, like you may be a Christian for your whole life or not not saved at all. But today would be a be great opportunity for you to to, for you to receive Christ either for the first time or for the hundredth time. You know, God would rather you come back a hundred times than you not come back at all. I get annoyed when people think, oh, 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 you can't be baptized that many times. You can't do that many times. Who said? Who said? The Bible didn't tell me how many times I should be baptized. It says I should be baptized. And so when people go, oh, I can't remember how, if I got baptized right or not. If you feel in your heart that you need to get baptized, get baptized. If you feel in your heart that you need to say the sinner's prayer, whatever that may look like, say it. Who cares? Because God will rather you run back to him than you not running back to him at all. Is that you this morning? That you've been running away for so long and like pretending, oh yeah, man, Jesus is Lord of my life, but he's actually not Lord of your life. This is the day where you can have the opportunity to run back to him. And it doesn't matter. If you do for tomorrow, you can run back to him. Yeah. You know, God doesn't hold up like, oh, nah, sorry, you missed out. You, you had to do it in the service during the altar call. <laughs> well, Christians believe the altar call is everything here. Yeah. But the altar could be built outside. Yeah. The altar could be built in your home. Altar was, the altars back in the Old Testament was built where God met them. Yeah. Are you telling me God just meets me in the church or does he meet me everywhere? Yeah. Are we right this morning? So today it will be the opportunity because to be honest, I would rather the person who's been with God 30 years to say, man, I need to have a relationship with him to yeah. come to him today yeah. than worry about 60 years from now like, hey, God, I actually didn't know you. Yeah. We just need to know God. Are we right this morning? Jesus is God. Jesus is everything. And uh, these are kind of notes, but not notes. Um, and it's this. I break it down to this. Jesus is everything we need. Jesus is everything we need, and Second Peter one three says, "By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life." You know, this godly life that, that people people like. Oh man, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I like? Do I go to church? Do I go to connect group? Do I, do I do more than that? See, the thing is, everything you need to live a godly life is in Jesus, and receiving Him it's now in you. So now because it's in you, you don't have to search or look anywhere else. You just need to search for Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to know you more and he will unlock the very thing that's already in you. Yeah, very good. Too many, too many like, as Christians, and I, I've done this many times, where I'm searching outside, searching everywhere else but Jesus. Yeah. Have you done that? Yeah. Let's, let's be honest, like, I'll give you five seconds to remember. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> we are searched elsewhere, but it's already in here. When we receive Christ, everything's already in here. And, when we, and, we, and when, we, when we build our relationship on Jesus, Jesus is like the key to the very thing that's in you. And when we get to know him more, we get to discover who we are in the process. So Jesus is everything we need. Jesus is also the answer. Jesus is always the answer. Not like one plus one equals Jesus. Not that kind of answer. I know people will take this literally on anything. Oh, Jesus is the answer. How are you going to pay for that, sir? Jesus, because he's the answer. You know, like it's not that, It's not. I'm not talking that literal, but Jesus is the answer. And John 14, 6, this is my favorite scripture, um, is I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. See, 99% of the, um, of the time, God doesn't get rid of our problems, but he makes a way through it. Yeah. He doesn't get rid of the problem, but he makes a way through it. Yeah. So you may be going through a difficult time, but if you trust in Jesus, he will do these three things. Yeah. So he's the way, the truth, and life. This is how I break it down. Jesus will make a way out. So whatever circumstances you're in, he will make a way out. Christ will also bring truth to the forefront. I I wanna break these down a bit more after this. So he's gonna make a way out. Christ brings truth to the forefront and he also breathes life into your circumstances. So Jesus will always make a way out of your situations whether it was caused by you or not. You know our God that we serve? He's the God of the way out. If you didn't realize that, realize that today. You know the situation you might be in? Oh man, I don't know if I can get out of this right now. Christ is the way out. He'll give you divine revelation, understanding of what to do in the midst of your circumstances. He is the way out. He's the God of the way out. Whether you created it or not, He will make a way out for you. That's how much He loves us. Imagine a God that that we go through a circumstance and there's no way out. (sighs) What a dumb God. Like, seriously, what a dumb God. And the God that we serve is so powerful that He will make a way out. He'll make a door where there is no door. You know, He'll make a path where there is no path. And that's the God that we serve. But we will only know that if we turn to Him. Like, it's cool that we know this, but to action it, we must turn to Jesus. When you think it's impossible... Oh, wait, here, the, the second one, that brings the truth to the forefront. Jesus will always bring truth to the forefront. So when you think you, you can't do it, truth steps in saying you have everything inside you. So he's the way, he makes the way out, but he's the truth. He brings truth to the forefront. So when you're facing something, when you think something is impossible to make it through, truth steps in says you're going to make it to the other side. There's so many ways we can interpret the scripture, but I felt God really pulling me on this direction that He will always bring truth to the forefront. That people might be saying something against you, but truth comes to the forefront. When things like when people start speaking about who you are, but that's not who you really are, you turn to Jesus and go, Jesus, that's not who really I am. So He brings the truth to the forefront, saying that you're created in the image of God. Are we all right this morning? That he knows the number of the hairs of your head. He doesn't like know the numbers of your head, like saying, "Oh, every little thing is perfect," kind of thing. But he's like, he's just making a detail to us, saying that I know everything about you. I can I can count the stars. I can count everything in you as well. So when you think it's impossible to make it through, truth comes to the forefront. And so if you're facing something this morning that you might have a diagnosis of something, some kind, loss of a family member, you might be going through a struggle personally within, depression, whatever, when you go to Jesus, truth will always come to the forefront. God will reveal truth to you to set you free. Are we right this morning? Because the truth will set you free, not my message that I'm speaking to you. This will give you keys to get there, but you have to go to the truth Set you free. You have to go to the way to get to the way out. You can't come to the church to get the way out. We can give you the direction saying we're just a sign, we're just going this way. That's all we are. Any any person or Christian or person who who loves the Lord saying, I'm the answer, I'm not the answer. Jesus is the only answer, and He'll make a way where there's no way, but and he'll also bring truth when there's no truth around you. Because the world that we live in today has 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 diluted truth and has twisted truth to fit our own agenda and so people get trapped in the truth of the world which is not really truth because Christ says I am the way the truth the truth not a truth the truth it's specific saying there's no other truth but him so we're researching this morning the truth the third thing he will breathe life within your circumstances what I mean by that Jesus will breathe always breathe life within your circumstances you may be feeling dry and weak but Christ steps in with his breath of life to give you strength again you know the very life that breathed into Adam he'll breathe into you every time you come to him Do you think it's only one time moment sometimes we feel like a valley of dry bones and all we need is breath of God and sometimes we just need to wake up in the morning or go when we're going through stuff, something and we're like, God, I feel so dry. God, just breathe your breath of life upon me so I can walk this, walk this situation with you. Yeah. You know, God's breath can change your life. God's breath brings life. So why don't we, why don't we go to the source of life then? Like, seriously, when, I, when you come to think about it, why don't we go to the source of life? We go to everything else, and when everything else doesn't work, we then go to the source of life. But you know what? You can skip all that and just go to the source of life. See, we still haven't learned from Adam and Eve. <laughs> they only had two choices. Today, there's billions of choices today. But the answer remains the same life and i just declare like as we walk this journey or back to basics and we get to know jesus on a personal level and together as a as a corporate body that god will breathe life within you again that the things that you thought were just dreams where it was never possible that God will breathe life into you again, to dream again and, and have truth come in f- into the forefront saying that it is possible and that God will make the way for it. All my, all my um, people who are older than me, <laughs> anyone who's older than me, okay? I'm 29, okay? So, <laughs> Whoever's older than me, your job's not done. Like we always put it to the younger generation to do stuff, but I believe the younger generation can't do stuff without the older generation. Trust me. Like the generation that I'm in and the generation um, after me, the which is my sons' generation, we're, we, we're quite dumb. Like we, like we quite. D- when I say we're, qu- like, when I say we're quite dumb, I'm just saying that that. We don't think things through. <laughs> Your generation thinks things through before you do it. You know, like we don't think things through it, and, and it's great sometimes because we like stepping out in faith and we like, oh, boom! But then we need some wisdom to help us in those moments. <laughs> you know, and so, so God's not calling a generation; He's calling the generations. From my son's generation to the generation after that to the generation after that, God is calling all of us to walk this journey together. And I just declare over all generations in this house that we'll find the call of God, call of God in our lives, that the very dreams and visions that you had when you were young, I declare that God will make it come into fruition today. Because you know what? The God is not only God of when we receive him and go to heaven. The God, Jesus is the God of now. You know, like he's doing stuff now. He's not, he's not in heaven just waiting for us to come to heaven. He's not just waiting for the bride. He's not just waiting. He's actually actively waiting. So preparing the bride for the coming of the day. And you know how he's doing that? He's doing it through local churches. Yes. He's doing it through each and every one of us. And imagine if each and every one of us in this room, from the front to the back, if we step into the call of God of our lives, imagine why Wainui. If God can change the world through 12, imagine what he could do through 40. Yeah, 40. Just say 40. Imagine what he could do within this church and then the other local church and then the other local church. Imagine what he could do. Are we all right this morning? So Jesus is everything we need. Jesus is the answer. And the song that we sung today is like, what a powerful name he is. It's my last, it's not a point, but it's just my last declaration is, there's power in his name. There's power in his name. Um, Over this past three, four days, just meditating on God and just enjoying conference, like really soaking things in. And the one clear thing that I could sense, not just for today, but for the life of this church is that this house is going to be a house of miracles the one thing I I, 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 the one thing I missed not during conference but just in in the church itself we talk about the spirit but don't want to see the spirit like we talk about how God there's power in God's name in Jesus name people are healed but then we don't ask people to come and get healed. Yeah. We say it from a platform, but that's it. And God really pulled on and tugged my heart. And it's like, Jordan, man, the house is going to be a house of miracles. Where people will see firsthand now. Not later, now. The, the wonders of God. And they may not be healed in the instant, but there will be, there will be healing that will take place within them. You know, because God's sometimes an instant God, but then sometimes he's a, one that's like an oven. Are we all right? Um, the story like on um, Matthew 8 and Matthew 14. You know, Matthew 8, when um, Jesus was sleeping in the boat, and he stood up and said, calm the sea. Boom, calm. But then Matthew 14, he didn't calm the sea like this. The sea would just calm over time. With when when um, Peter walked on water, he walked on water, and it was in the storm, and it says that the, the storm ceased, but it didn't tell us when the storm ceased. So sometimes God's like the Matthew 14, where it's like it takes its time, or Matthew 8, where God just says it straight away, where it happens straight away. Um, and I really believe that there's power in the name of Jesus. You know, Philippians 2 says this, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, exalted Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Man, if we as God's people could truly understand a portion of who Jesus is, we would walk with more authority. We can't understand the fullness of Jesus because, man, we need a lot of time for that. We need all eternity. That's why we're getting ready, you know? We're getting ready for eternity. But for now, if we could understand a portion of Jesus, the church, not just this church, the church would walk in a new authority. That in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under. That's a lot of power. Every knee will bow that is in heaven, and earth and below, man, no, no demon and no devil can stop you, because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Uh, we don't understand the significance of that because we go through situations and we allow that to dictate us. But in the name of Jesus, it shall bow. Are we all right this this morning? So the name of cancer must bow in the name of Jesus. So the name of COVID must bow to the name of Jesus. Yeah. See, the name of worthlessness must bow down to the name of Jesus. And so the name of whatever you're thinking right now, think of a name that, that you're sick of ruling you, that name must bow down to the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It must bow down because every knee will bow down on heaven, on earth, and below. Nothing has more power than the name of Jesus. Your problem you may be facing right now must bow down to the name of Jesus. But I only can bow down to the name of Jesus if you give it to Jesus. Not give it to your spouse or give it to your kids lashing out or give it to whoever. But if you give it to the name of Jesus, that very situation has to bow. It won't get rid of it, but it will bow where you'll walk over it and you'll become better. Are we right this morning? And so I was thinking like this, no longer will the church accept names of sickness. Are we right this morning? Like no longer will the church accept names of sickness. We yes. accept names left, right and center. I have no clue why. Man, when people talk about me, I actually don't really care. Like you can say whatever you want about me, but I know who I am. But for, for some reason, The church accepts names of sickness. They accept names of situations. They accept uh, accept names of judgment. They accept names that that go against the very nature of who God created us to be. But imagine if the church, the body of Christ, chooses to stop accepting names that the the name of our Father has never named us. Imagine that. Imagine the power and authority His people will walk in. Oh, you'll always be like that. Have you heard that? You'll always be like that. But that very thing has to come under the subjection of the name of Jesus. It has to come under. Because when you say, I bind that, and I'll, I bind that right now in the name of Jesus, and I'll stand on it. No longer am I accepting, oh, Jordan, I remember you were back like that. Hey, just go, hey, like that. Are you still like that? No, I'm not like that. But sometimes we're like, oh, when people start talking to us about the very thing that you, that you hate about yourself, you know, like you're like, I can't believe I did that. And people remind you, and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did used to do that, and you start contemplating it. Yeah. And then, when you start contemplating it, you start accepting it. And you're like, Oh man, is that, is that who I am? But imagine if each and every one of us grabs it and puts it under the name of Jesus, it has no authority over you anymore. The moment that you accepted Christ, you could do it. The moment you accepted Christ, you can put everything under the name of Jesus. You may be, you may be whatever, like sick or going through stuff. You bind that and you put that in the name of Jesus, it has no authority of you. It may not, it may not be healed right now. It may not, The problem may not go right now, but you're accepting that you're going to stand upon God's word and saying, Jesus is above that problem. Jesus is above that sickness. Jesus is above that situation. I may be feeling like this now, but I thank you for the joy of the Lord. Are we all right this morning? <laughs> God wants a true relationship with us, and it's not built on a Sunday service. Relationship cannot be built on a Sunday service. Anyone who tells you that Sunday service is everything, it's not. It's only one day of your week that you spend two hours at. You spend more time with your work people. Think about it. You spend more time with your work people than you will with your family. So if it was all built on Sunday services, we'd all be screwed. If our relationship was just built on Sunday, it won't be enough to sustain us in life. Sunday service is not enough or the job or conference, but it's built upon our everyday lifestyle. So when you're at work, you build an altar there. When you're at home, you build an altar there. No one needs to know it's your altar. If you know it's your altar, all good. When you're at the shopping center, you can build your altar there. When you're at the mall, you can build your altar there. Because every time you go back to the spot, you remember, man, I built an altar there. God's gonna move something there. God's gonna do something amazing there. Are we right there? That Jesus doesn't stay as a character in the book of the Bible, but he becomes real in our lives. And and I noticed this weekend when I when spending time with God at conference, is that Jesus is real. Like when I look look past all the there was thousands of people. When I look past the thousands of people. When I look past the music. When I looked past all, this, all, the, all the lights and everything, when I just stood there and lifted my hands to Jesus, I just felt him so more real in my life than I've never felt him before. I felt like I wasn't a Christian before. What the heck, eh? Like, you know, <laughs> you know when you, when you have an encounter with Jesus, you're like, was I saved before? Like, it makes no sense. Like, wh- why do I love him more than, oh man. It was like when I was listening to Shane Willard, he was preaching the Bible and, and I'm like, I feel like I've never read the Bible because it was, it was he was that well because he was trained by rabbis in israel so he knows every intricate thing in in the bible but when he was speaking i was like you've got all night just keep preaching because i'm learning heaps and i just feel like i didn't know the bible i turned to the pastors next to me and i'm like i feel like i don't know the bible because he's preaching something that i've never heard before i've never seen that before how can i how could i miss that and I was like that when I was with Jesus and lifting my hands and worship. I'm like, God, you're just more real to me. And I'm like, how could I miss that? It's because I forgot to keep going back to the source of life. I keep going. I keep going somewhere, uh, some other way, but stop going to that way. I stop going to the truth. And and no one's immune from it. Like no pastor is immune from it. No person's immune from it. If you're human, you, we all have to face it. We all have to make their decision. And so as a church can we make the decision today that we'll go back to Jesus like it's cool that we come to church and that's important we go to connect with that's important being part of men's and women's ministry and youth whatever is important and it's part of the journey but that's not everything being in relationship with Christ is everything and as we serve him the overflow will serve out here I don't serve you first, I serve him first. And as I serve Jesus first, the overflow comes to you. The moment we start just serving each other, we start bickering. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Families do it a lot. Families do it. If you think about your family, like I'll go do the the food, whatever, and you start setting out the food, people are arguing on how the table should be set, how all this other be set. <laughs> and the church does it too. Like they argue on how things should go. You know, like, they go there, it was like today when I was like the pancakes. The pancakes were supposed to be at TC, but then the pancakes were down there. But, but to me, I'm like, I actually really don't care. <laughs> because I don't really care. Like, Awesome, amazing, it works. Cool, best for all of us. But when we start just serving this way, we start bickering. And if we can change our focus and go, God, I'm here to serve you. And as I serve you, I willingly serve others. Not begrudgingly, not because I have to, not because the pastor told me to, but you do it because you want to, because of this relationship here. And that's why we're like, we're, this This church has always been about it, that we always want your heart before your gift. Yeah. We've always believed it. We always, we've always um, leaned into that, is that, We're not worried about your gift because your gift's there. It's amazing. But your heart's more important. And that's what God wants. If if we can give him a heart, everything else will just flow. So Jesus made a way for each and every one of us to be called children of God. I want to say to somebody this morning, the debt of sin is paid in full. Whoever doesn't believe that, the debt of sin has been paid in full. And not just paid in full, past, present, and future. So everything you think you're not, not going to do and you do it later, God's already paid for it. You know? Everything in the past, God's already paid for it. Right now, God's already paid for it. Things that you haven't done yet, but you're going to do, Christ has already paid for it. It doesn't mean we have to do it. it doesn't mean we have to sin. It doesn't mean we, like, do all the stuff that we want to do and then ask God for forgiveness. It doesn't work like that. He's not a genie. But out of relationship, we want to stop. Out of relationship, we just stop. That you don't have to work out, uh, that you don't have to work for your salvation, Jesus made the way. So for anyone in here this morning that you feel like you have to do any A, B, and Cs, no, there's no A, B, and Cs. Um, The sinner's prayer only came in the 1800s. You know, the sinner's prayer that, that, I know I get annoyed with church, but we're a church too, okay, guys, so. Um, the, the sinner's prayer came in in 1800s, it's not even a biblical, like, it is a biblical thing from Romans, but it's not, you know, like, we just do it so that people can respond in prayer, but you know what, all you need to do is believe in your heart that Jesus saved you, and that's all you need. What did the guy say next to Jesus on the cross? Remember me. That was salvation to him. Oh, sorry, bro. Um, Can you get off the cross and go to the altar and do the (laughs) sinner's prayer? (laughs) Uh, That's what we think. Yeah, but Jesus is actually more simple. Jesus is like, just believe. He did it with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus goes, I want to give back all that I I stole, uh, even... Ten times more. I want to give it away. And God God goes, cool. Thanks. I didn't ask for that. But this household is now saved. It was a belief in his heart that brought salvation to his house. Salvation is not done from a sinner's prayer. it's, It's cool that we do it and it's important. Yeah, sweet as. But I think we put too much emphasis on that. But all you need to do is believe. How do I believe? Just believe. Today we can choose him. Whether we walked away or haven't received them before, today you can. And, the, and as we go through this journey with Christ and with each other, I believe that God's just going to reveal more of what you need to do in life. Because you can't do it by yourself. You know, the very thing that you, God's called you to do, it's, it must be done within the community. It's how God operates. He's always done it in community. He made creation, like when he, went, he made Adam, he's like, it's not good for man to be alone. Because Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is a community. So he needs to make somebody to make this community to be the image of who he is, which is community. So he made Eve. And so was God, Adam, and Eve. Community. Community has been in the beginning. Community has always been in the Bible. And community is still today. We need each other to do it. But we need Jesus even more. (laughs) Jesus is real, and I know he's, I know many of you guys believe it, but I think we just need to walk it out more and say, "Man, Jesus, you're real. Jesus is real. Like I don't care what everybody says, you're real to me. And as He becomes more real to you, you'll start walking out that that relationship everywhere you go. That you don't have to force. Like me in Jamaica, we we um I'll tell you a story before I finish it off. Um, we caught an Uber back to Oh, no, we went to the, this hot dog place in Auckland. Um, and this Uber guy was like, he started talking to me. Oh, so you do believe in Jesus? You remember the conversation? He was ha- having a conversation with me. I think it was Muslim. Um, and he was having a conversation with me about Jesus. Oh, so who's Jesus? Like, like, why do you believe Jesus? I was like, oh, I just believe that Jesus has got a plan for you. That, that if you, oh, I said heaps of stuff. But basically, like, if you give your life to him. And then we, he started uh, like asking questions about God, and he's like, oh, so is Jesus God? That's what he asked me, is Jesus God? And I was like, I believe Jesus is God. And then he started, ask, asking it, like, he started asking things about creation, and we went all the way to the spot having this conversation about Jesus. I don't know what they did for him, but all I knew that Jesus was real, and he had to hear it, that Jesus is real. And that conversation that I had with this Uber guy, what it made... I believe, would have changed his perspective of who Jesus was. Because he believed that Jesus, um, when Adam and Eve sinned, it was, they sinned because of sex, not by eating the fruit. That's what he was taught. And I, and I was just told him the truth and I said, the Holy Bible. Because he said, oh, what about the other Bible? I was like, no, the Holy Bible says this. He's like, what about the Testament, Old Testament? And we started just having this conversation. And at the end of it, I felt so good. I was like, oh man, I've never had that conversation in a long time with somebody random that just asked about Jesus because Jesus became more real to me that I had so much confidence to tell him. I'm like, no, Jesus is real. Jesus is God. And then he, and then he says to me when we um, stepped out of the Uber, he's like, God bless you, bro. <laughs> Great conversation. You know, You know, God does weird <laughs> stuff to his people when when we just accept man he's real and he'll get us to encounter people that we probably never have a conversation with (laughs) because I never have a conversation with Uber but once once he opened that conversation I was like wow okay let's have this conversation and I'm praying that we'll have conversations like that more often to people to show that Jesus is real whether it be with family members whether it be with um, work people we're not jamming something through their throat we're speaking life. And I pray that we have opportunity this week to speak life to somebody. But I'm also going to give this opportunity for anyone in here who wants to know this life that I'm talking about, this life who is called Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. He'll make a way out of the stuff and you're going through, he'll make a way out of it. But he'll also bring the truth to the forefront where you thought you were useless you thought you were good for nothing but God will bring the truth in front of you saying that you're worthy you're so worthy that I died on the cross for you so that you can have everlasting life but not last, not just everlasting life but you'll live life abundantly today so I want to just ask everybody eyes closed just for a moment just the I don't know why I'm doing this but I'm doing it <laughs> but is anyone in here um who wants to either rededicate their life to Jesus or accept Him for the first time, can I ask you to just raise your hand just where you are if there's anyone in here? If not, that's all good because we've got pancakes downstairs. <laughs> Even if you haven't raised your hand, we're going to pray this prayer together. Just like I said before, it's not a sin of prayer that saves you. It's, it's, you just need to believe. And so if you believe in your heart that He is Lord, Great. So let's pray this prayer together. And salvation, salvation is yours today as you pray this. Lord, I give my life to you. I surrender all. And I make you Lord of my life. Today I choose you. And I accept you in my life. In the name of Jesus. Amen.